Hello and welcome to Walking with Purpose, a podcast where we engage in real in-depth comprehensive conversations and discussions regarding social issues, interpersonal relationships, marriage, dating relationships, and anything that moves us. We speak our truth, we stand in our truth as we share our real life experiences, our struggles, our triumphs, and the lessons that we've learned. I'm Chris. Today I'm joined by Santana, Jeff. And we have a very special guest in the house, Ashley. Hello. Ashley is Santana's daughter. Today's topic is, are fathers important to daughters? A daughter's relationship with her father is crucial in her psychological development. When fathers are active, involved, and present in their lives, daughters can grow up with a healthy sense of who they are a sense of self-worth, a sense of self-confidence, and a sense of self-assurance. Fathers are critical in shaping the lives of their daughters. Young daughters depend on their fathers for security, protection, and emotional support. A father models to his daughter what a man should look like. If a father is loving and gentle, his daughter will look for those same qualities in the man that she dates or marries. If a father is strong and fearless, she will look for, those, for men with those same characteristics. The absence of a father can be harmful and damaging, especially on the daughter's psychological and emotional well-being. Fatherless daughters can develop negative coping skills, low self-esteem, I mean, Eating disorders and suffer from depression. Fatherless daughters learn to make up their own survival playbook. That playbook can lead to substance abuse, eating disorders, isolation, depression, and becoming sexually promiscuous. There's a term called the father's daughter syndrome. You can look it up. It's defined as an emotional disorder that stems from issues with trust and a lack of self-esteem that leads to a cycle of repeated dysfunctional decisions and relationships with men. I strongly believe a fatherless void can cause a daughter to seek love in the wrong places, in the wrong faces, and with the wrong caliber of men. I am a father of three amazing adults, a son, and two daughters. My oldest daughter has a different mother. She did not grow up in my household. She grew up without me consistently in her life. I made a few attempts to integrate her into my life and into the lives of her other two siblings, but my efforts were inconsistent. Because of that inconsistency, there was a disconnect. We became estranged, she was unfamiliar to me. I was unfamiliar to her. Instead of spending time with my daughter, I focused my time and energy on fighting with her mother. 
over power, control, pick up and drop off locations, and about things that were really meaningless and irrelevant. I was relentless in my attacks on her mother. I spat venom, serious venom. I wasn't playing. I was argumentative in nearly every conversation we had regarding the welfare and the care of our daughter. I hold myself accountable for my actions, my conduct, and my behavior during that time. I got caught up in the drama and completely ignored and lost focus on the responsibilities of a father. My daughter wanted a hero. Instead, she got a father who called in frequently and gave her little attention or the time needed to nurture and cultivate that father-daughter relationship. This was clearly my way of participating in her life. There is and there will never be a substitute for time. Our relationship continues to evolve despite my absence and missing so much of her life. She has carved out an amazing life for herself. She's strong, confident, resilient, a college graduate, a loving mother of three, and a registered nurse. The table's been set. Let's eat. Are fathers important to daughters? Jeff? Very important. Um, Mine, of course, came 14, 15 years after my uh, son and we uh, adopted her. So we got her at 14 months. Um, I have to also uh, put the narrative in is that my wife is Mexican. And so the daughter that we took in was from her nephew. And she's Mexican. So when I took the, re- we took on the responsibility of having a daughter. Um, and it being so many years later after my son, it's kind of a, it's kind of different. Um, and so my mind, when you talk about, is it important? It then looks back on my two female cousins that are, that are clear to me, that are near to me and dear to me that they had no father figure going, growing up. And I saw the damage that was done because they never really had any male figure that they could sit down with and kind of navigate them through life. And they've had some tough times growing up and I've seen it. Um, And when I look at those tough times, it has a lot to do with not having a father there. A lot to do with not having a father there. And I mean, one that could talk about, you know, uh, things in life and give wisdom and knowledge and, 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 and how to navigate through different situations. They didn't have that. And so I've seen their struggle uh, with their relationships with men and then um, not having the fathers around to raise their children with them too. And so I know that's it's coming from so many different angles, but it all has to stem from not having a father. And I know that's important, and especially in uh, minority neighborhoods. The mothers are doing such great work, but they cannot do it by themselves. And they need that father figure uh to help them navigate through so much. I mean, you got to navigate through living in your neighborhood. You got to navigate through what is seen in your neighborhood as a healthy 
man-to-woman relationship, which in a lot of uh, minority neighborhoods, unfortunately, are not seen consistently. And so when you don't see that, then you can only act upon what you've seen. And so it's, it's very detrimental to just the healthiness of seeing a, a male and female together, raising a family, being there on all aspects, whether it be from the very beginning of nurturing to school to anything else in life. It, it hinges on a dad's leadership in the house. Not that the mom, the mom is very important, but if the dad's leadership isn't strong, the child or the daughter does not see how he takes care of the mother and how he comes alongside the mother, there's going to be some trauma. Fortunately, I see it every day. Being a teacher, the kids that I come across, when I get in conversations, especially with the young ladies, you can see they're missing a positive male role model in their life. That is the challenge. Can't get away from it. It's very important. Santana? Provide, nurture, and guide. Three pivotal things that fathers should be providing um, to their daughters. Looking back, like I can really just relate to everything you said, I didn't have a positive role model. My parents divorced when I was three years old. Um, My dad was a weekend dad. Even on the weekends, he was not really present. You know what I mean? Like me and my sister were her and I were just left playing with each other and that was about it. Yeah. He had us on the weekend, but there wasn't any quality time really spent with my father. And, you know, you don't, you don't really realize that kind of stuff till you grow up, you know, and I look back on my relationships and the people that I chose, like I had no guide whatsoever to what I'm supposed to be looking for in a man. And so I, I, I picked what I picked bad decisions, (laughs) Bad decisions. Got three wonderful kids out of it, but their fathers are just not good people like, you know, good fathers. And unfortunately, you know, that that carries on. You would think that people or men um, that are fathers, as time goes on, they they can look back and just go, you know what, I I probably need to um I need to change things up a little bit and be more present. And just because your kids are adults doesn't mean there's they're not your kids anymore. You're always going to be their parent no matter what. And they're still going to come to you for guidance on things because, listen, adulthood isn't easy either. You know, we still have things that are challenges and we've been through them already. And so when your kids come to you, even as adults, they they still have questions They or they just need your support. You know, I feel like my two baby daddies just don't provide the kind of support to any of my kids like they should to this very day. You know, my kids still need that. They're adults, but they still need that. Going going without getting that guidance and the nurturing and having that person provide everything for you, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And I, you know, I don't think uh, the fathers that do the right thing get enough credit for being there because I know in life, just meeting people that I've met and I'm, and I'm looking at how they're they are with their kids, man. I, I praise that. I always tell them to man, you're such a good dad. I think that's amazing. And I love to see that, you know, when I come across it, I, I give them, I give them their flowers because I didn't have that growing up. And unfortunately, 
Uh, my kids didn't either. So it's a, it's an important thing. Ashley, are fathers important to daughters? Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, my dad, he, uh, it's funny because I was just telling my mom on the way here, he, he made a comment to me years back about being a single dad. And I kind of laugh at that because you are a dad who happens to be single. There's a big difference between a single parent and a parent who happens to be single. My dad was a very much a weekend dad. You know, court ordered, we saw him every other weekend, twice a month. Nothing more, nothing less. And I think that being that he was only there bare minimum, it shaped a lot of my decisions. And don't get me wrong, my mom has always been my rock, and she still is. But it it definitely made an impact on the type of men that I did choose to date up until, you know, I got married. And even now with my partner that I'm with now, you know, it's, I look back and I'm like, okay, a lot of these men that I chose had a lot of characteristics from my father. And you don't realize that until you sit back and you're older and you reflect on the decisions that you made when you were younger. And it, it makes a big, big difference, big difference. It's very important. And I look at my girls and I, I'm so thankful for the partner that I have now because he is, he's there, he's present, you know, and he, he's there for all of us, not just my kids, not just me. He's there for all of us. You know, and now that we're having another girl, you know, it just, I don't know, I'm, I'm thankful. My, my, my father, he's, he's just, he's special, <laughs> to say the least. But yes, very important. Very, very important. What was the hardest part about growing up, I guess, within, without a father or with, with your father present part-time? Um, I think the hardest part growing up is watching my mom and how much she had to struggle taking care of us on her own. I mean, I tell her all the time, like, I don't know how the heck you did it. Cause you know, I was a single parent for a short time as well with my oldest. And, um, you know, it's that being a single mom, I don't, I don't even think there's words to describe it. You don't think you're just doing. So, you know, I, I, I think back and I look at, you know, the stuff my mom did and, you know, the sacrifices she had to make because of the men who are our fathers and their lack of presence, it, uh, it, it really just shapes who you become later on in life. It really does. And I, I think that the hardest part is just watching my mom and everything she had to do. Cause we, as kids were sitting back looking and you don't know, <laughs> you don't know until you become older and you look back and you're like, Oh my God, my mom really did it all by herself. She raised all of us and my brother. <laughs> Santana, did you ever feel rejected or abandoned by your father? Man, that's a loaded question. Okay. <laughs> so most definitely, I don't think I, I necessarily felt it as a child because I was always, um, you know, with my mom or my grandparents. My grandparents were uh, my favorite place to be. So I didn't really... You know, at the time, I guess I wasn't really missing my father. But as I got older and became a teenager, I really was just doing my own thing at that time. I didn't really care about that stuff. Um, when I did care, though, um, it was right after I had Ashley. My dad met her one time. She was a year old. And then um, something transpired between my dad and my sister. And that turned into my dad 
totally just rejecting me and my sister, like stop talking to us. And my dad didn't talk to me for, I don't know, 21 years, mm-hmm. something like that. Right. You were already an oh, adult. Yeah. I yeah. already had Scarlet. Yeah. You already had Scarlet. And so um, it was a long time. It was a very long time. He totally rejected me. Uh, me and my sister both wrote him letters I sent him pictures of his grandkids, and I got nothing back in return. And it wasn't until my father's wife passed away that he reached out. And I knew, I knew, because I had told told somebody else, I said, you know what? That man better hope he doesn't end up being alone. He better hope he goes for it before the wife. Because I knew what was going to happen. He's going to discover, oh my gosh, I'm alone. There's nobody here. My kids don't talk to me. I disowned my kids. It's all my fault. X, Y, and Z happened. And sure enough, I had a phone call um, and I was just in shock that my dad reached out and I was like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And at that time, I had to make a decision. Um, Am I going to forgive him and now have whatever relationship we have left or am I going to continue to not speak to him after what, what transpired? And I am just not that person. I decided to give him a chance um, to apologize sincerely. And my father has very much, he's very remorseful. You can see it in his demeanor. Um, you can hear it in his tone. He's apologized to me more than once since we um, rekindled our relationship. And I have moved on from all of that. But, you know, it's still like to think back to all the decisions I've made. I mean, I've made them all because of his lack of being in my life. He wasn't there for all the hard stuff either. You know, when I was with Ashley's father, for instance, I don't know, maybe I could have leaned on my dad like, dad, this guy is horrible to me. What do I do? You know, and maybe my dad could have went in there and saved the day. I don't know. I will never know. You know, and I, I just, I did what I had to do and, and here we are, but yeah, definitely the rejection. I definitely experienced that from my dad and that was the hardest thing ever. What about you, Ashley? Did you feel rejected or abandoned by your father? Oh, I, I still feel rejected and abandoned by my father on a regular basis. I mean, especially now that I have kids, I, it's hard for me. I, uh, you know, I have, my kids are little, my oldest is 11 they're still little, you know, and I'm having another one. And you would just think that <clears throat> my father would want to be more present for my grand for his grandchildren. You know, they're, they, these are their formative years still. And, and they love my dad. They love him when he's around, but he's not always around. He's off doing, he's, my dad has always been a better dad to other people's kids. Always. And so that has always left me feeling very abandoned and rejected by him because I feel like, well, why can't you be that way with me? I'm, I'm his only daughter and I'm his oldest child. I have two younger brothers and he's just better to them than he is to me. And even then it's not that great. You know, my dad just is very selfish and, um, I don't, I don't think he really thinks about how I feel. He, he, I mean, just recently I was having a conversation with him on the phone and he's, you know, telling me about his, his ex-wife who I do not speak to and don't want to be around and telling me how he was telling her, well, we have a great relationship. I could not talk to her for two, three months and I can call her and we'll pick up right where we left off. And, 
in my head, I'm like, well, that's not really something you should brag about because you really only call me every two or three months. So, and the reason our relationship is the way it is is because I allow it to be that way. I could not answer the call, you know, but at the end of the day, he's still my dad. And if I didn't answer his call and something happened, I'd feel awful because that's just me. So, you know, I, I, I you know, I'll call, I'll answer his calls and I'll, I'll entertain it or whatever. But yeah, I, I feel abandoned and rejected by him all the time. I just feel like I should, even at 36 years old, should be more of a priority. I have all his grandbabies. I, he should be, he has all the time in the world. He's by himself, but he doesn't drive the 45 minutes to come see me. So yeah, it's, it's a constant feeling from him, even now as an adult. Jeff, what were the challenges you faced raising a daughter? (laughs) 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 Well, the first thing would probably be the cultural difference, you know, um, the cultural difference of taking on a daughter that was full Mexican and then how the family was going to view that, you know, how were they, how were they going to look at it? Like, okay, really, who else was going to step up? I ended up being the person that stepped up and I just happened to be of another race. But in my mind, uh, once I had that child, man, not that I wasn't going to fall in love with the, with the child and then not take on the, re- the full responsibility of raising. The difference was there was such a gap. You know, I think it was a 14, 15 year gap between uh, my son and daughter the other thing was that she came from two drug addicted parents. So now there was going to be mental, mental challenges um, that I knew down the line um, would present themselves. And even though, you know, working in a psychiatric facility and working with kids that are at risk and then going to high school where people don't realize more kids are at risk than, you know, and we knew that that was going to come, that was going to come to play, but it's one thing to work with kids outside of your home. And then when it's inside your home, it's just different because your mental part is like, man, I ha- how do I get this child through these mental challenges on top of raising her, knowing what her future might be like? So th- those were like some serious challenges that I looked at. And then we got a letter in the mail that we were being taken to court by the biological dad, it created issues within my wife's family that I think we are now after 20 something years are starting to, uh, to get past it in a way, but she still has all those mental challenges. And it came to a point when we, when we did get that letter, she was seven years old. So now she only knows us as mom and dad. She's been around her biological, but she don't even look at him as, as, as her dad. And we've never tried to shy away from that because we wanted her to always know that. And, but then you got to sit on the couch with a seven year old after you go through court in which they say they keep us with the custody, but now he has the opportunity to have visits they can be supervised visits, but how do you tell a seven-year-old um, that now she got to go this place, go to this guy? And then once you tell her that to see a seven-year-old on the couch saying, you don't want me anymore, is a challenge. And to be quite honest, 
it's been a challenge since she was seven with us. We've gone up and down, mental challenges. She got, you know, feeling neglected, been in therapy. We did this when she was little because we knew it would come up, the mental challenges. But now you got a father, the biological, trying to come back in and take her. Now we have to deal with that. From that time, it just went haywire. And to be honest with you, it's affected us to this day. Because as soon as the neglect and you get to be ninth grader, all these things kick in, you have more awareness. Now, what does she do with her life? She has a part in her life where I, why wasn't I wanted? Why wasn't I wanted by my grandmother and grandfather? Why wasn't I wanted by my biological aunt? And then why I wasn't wanted by my biological father? That's something that I can't deal with. I don't have no, I, I can't, I'm not in her body. I don't know what that feels like. She got caught in some drugs at school. Kid gave it to her knowing what she was kind of going through. From that time to this day, our relationship hasn't been the same. It's been a struggle. And when I hear about, when I hear uh, Ashley talk about, you know, how it affects the men, now she's in a relationship. I can't honestly sit up here and tell you I like that relationship. It's very difficult. I don't like it because I see it from a different standpoint of what, how she should be being treated. But I can't tell a 21-year-old what to do. It has to be something she has to do. So it's affected. I try to say things to her regarding what kind of men I think she should be involved with. And then I step out the room because a lot of our stuff has been button heads. So now it's like, this is a decision. I just want to tell you how I feel. I hope that you can kind of internalize it and think about how you should be treated as a woman and what you should look for. And then I'm out the room because at 21, you can't tell them nothing. I mean, you couldn't tell me nothing at 21. So how am I going to tell her? So that's the difficult challenge is it's going to be an ongoing challenge. But being a father, you have to be willing to be there and face the challenge. And that's what I've been able to do when I listen to you guys explaining, you know, the absentee of a father, the one thing that's difficult for me, I wasn't absent. And I was there on everything, just like I was for my son. But then when you kind of feel rejected, then as a man, you start internalizing all my trauma, all my things I did. Is this a direct reflect of it? Or this is just the thing I'm handed. I deal with it. So that's been my challenge. Um, and I'm still I'm still in the fight right now. Do you think she trusts you? That's a very good question. And when you bring that up, I'm going to ask that question. But if you ask me right now, I don't think she knows what trust, what that means. I don't think she really understands that because of the trauma she's dealt with and, and tried to overcome. I don't think she does trust me. So this next question is for Ashley and Santana. What did you need from your father that you did not get? Santana. Mm. Man, that's, that's, uh, that's another loaded one. <laughs> I needed a lot. I feel like I needed a lot. You know, I didn't even know um, what real affection was. That that part. And what's crazy is I, I didn't even know what affection was until I met Ashley's dad, actually. 
he was very affectionate and I was just like, what are you doing? You know, kind of like, okay. It took me a while to, to, uh, like reciprocate that, you know, holding hands, hugging and those kind of things. Um, they just weren't naturally there. And my mom, my mom is just, my mom wasn't raised that way either. Um, I mean, she, my mom comes from a family of 16 kids. Parents were busy. <laughs> Parents were busy. Um, and even so, like my grandparents, I was like one of the favorite grandkids. Okay. I was always over there, I practically lived at their house and I was spoiled rotten, but was I getting hugged on? Mm-mm. I wasn't getting hugged on, but I felt the love, you know what I mean? In other ways, but the affectionate portion of it, I wasn't getting that from uh, from my mom. Not not that you know. I didn't ever feel like my mom didn't love me or anything. It's just weird. I I don't know, but I didn't know how to deal with affection, you know. And then of course um, down the line, my affection was mixed with physical abuse and mental abuse. So you have that, you know. But um, man, <laughs> there's just there's so much to that question. <sighs> I, my mind is, I think we'll let Ashley talk now because I can't, <laughs> I can't process anymore right now. So maybe after she says what she needs to say, I'll have something more for you. Okay, Ashley, what I, did you need from your father that you did not get? Uh, it's funny because, you know, my dad is very, very affectionate. He always has been. Always lets me know he loves me, gives me hugs, tells me I'm beautiful, all that great stuff. But it kind of goes... And when you're not the other one, you're absent all the time. So it sounds nice, but that's a narcissistic thing for him to do, you know? So it's kind of like he throws me out for a little bit and then reels me back in. I need a consistency from my dad. I never got that. So every man that I was with, and even from high school and on, there were things that I wasn't getting from my dad that I was getting from them, but it wasn't always positive. So... You know, my dad is, yeah, I I needed the consistency is what I needed because I didn't have any of that. So now that I have my kids, it's, I'm very adamant on being consistent and being there and present for my children 24 seven, just like my mother was. So yeah, consistency and, and him being present is very something that I lacked. And even now. Thank you. That was the, there you go. Consistency. Mm -hmm. Bam. I second the notion. Yep. <laughs> I'm on that tip too. So if I could add Chris on that, I, I would ask uh when I hear both of you talk about that. And when I say I have the struggle, I hug, kiss my daughter all the time. We don't do none of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if she so when you ask the question about trust, I don't even know how that even looks because you know, I'll tell her I love her, but it went away. <laughs> it went like I, I have an idea. I don't I don't know. Please I'm not give a psychologist. You know. But I'm just going back to what you said about when, when she turned seven and the biological came around and all this stuff. I think that maybe this is just my opinion, I think that maybe something in you was triggered during mm -hmm. that time and you started retreating in a way. You weren't you weren't as consistent and present as you were with her before that happened. And things kind of just changed because now you're dealing with him and the family dynamic in general. And so that takes your focus off. 
And not that that's, you know, that's not a horrible thing, but, but now thinking about thinking back on this now, you guys don't hug and all that stuff that you used to, you know, how do you, how do you even go back to that? Now she's 21. I think that, you know, really that question about, does she trust you? That's a big question. And you should definitely ask that of her because maybe she doesn't trust anybody anymore because look at what happened. Mm. This guy comes around and now she's like, Oh my God, you didn't want me. And you know, was she explained to what happened and why you took over in the first place? Yeah. She, she knows the story and we've always been kind of very open. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as she mature each year, you know, trying to be a little bit more informative about it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, when you say that, when Chris posed the question and then when I'm listening to you in my challenge, I don't have a problem with asking her about that, that asking her that question just so I could hear her response and not, and, and, and not listening to respond, but listen to comprehend what she's right. saying. And that's, that's why when he said that question, it immediately jumped in my head. I need to ask her this. And you know what? I think that would be, would be good. I'm not telling you what to do. Okay. But I think that once you ask that and she gives you whatever it is she's going to give you, you at that time reassure her, I'm always here for you. I mm-hmm. love you. That has never changed. You know, and if I can give you anything else that's going to help because you want the your relationship to to flourish and keep going, you know, I mean, this, it's not over. She's only 21. There's still mm-hmm. look, girlfriend over here is 36 and she's still got, there's still something going on between us all the time. Right. There's always questions. There's always a need for some support or just a, just an ear. It just doesn't end. You're always going to be dad. Yeah. You and, know? And so, honestly, if I can add to that, I would ask her what she needs from you for her to feel like she's secure with you. Yeah. What she would need from you, because that's a big thing. And if she can't answer you then, give her, just say, take your time. Mm-hmm. Let me know. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. And locked it in for me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely be asking her those questions. And uh, when you sent the question, that's when I thought about that. I'm, I'm going to have to ask her that because I don't know until I find out or is she mm-hmm. willing to, you know, let me know. Yeah. And I appreciate that advice. Welcome. <laughs> do you feel that your father loves you and adores you, Santana? I do now. But you didn't that way in the beginning? Not the beginning. No, I didn't. I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he told me that when we were little kids. Um, and, you know, he would give me a hug and stuff like that. But I think that, you know, Ashley saying the consistency when it's not there, it's like it is really in one ear and out the other. And you're not feeling it all the time. I mean, when you're just a weekend dad and you're not doing anything in between, weekend dad or not, my my mom never kept my dad from us. My mom wasn't that way. It just as I never kept um, Ashley's dad away from her, despite what went on between him and I, I, I just wanted him to be a dad and do what he's supposed to do with his kids, you know? And it just, it sucked that I had, you know, I had to watch the faces of my kids when he wouldn't show up mm-hmm. yeah. those weekends. And that went on for at least six or seven years consistently yep. of the disappointment I had to see on her face and her brother's face. And it was rough. You know, I didn't talk bad about him 
to them. No, never. As much as I wanted to say, you know what, that's what you know, this, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't do that. Um, but I had to deal with the aftermath every single time he didn't show up. And that happened so often. It was so sad and disappointing to me to see their face, bags packed by the door, everything, just waiting and waiting. And then don't even call and say, oh, I'm not coming. And then I'm just like, you know, what do I say to these little faces asking me, where's dad at? And I'm just like, you know, I want to say that mofo didn't show up again because, you know, he only cares about himself. But I kept it to myself. Yeah. Ashley, do you feel loved and adored by your father? I used to. I used to. My dad is, um, it's weird. It's almost like when I get into a really in a relationship where I'm happy or, you know, at some points my dad kind of backs off. And being that I have a partner now who's, I mean, we've been together almost seven years now and, you know, we have kids and that family together. Um, my dad has backed off a lot. And I think in his mind is, oh, she has a man now. She's fine. But that's not that's not true. I mean, yeah, I have my man and he's great, but I would still like my dad around as my dad. You know what I mean? I don't, but I don't, mm -mm, I used to, I used to, but no, not anymore. Any lessons that you learned from your father, Santana? (laughs) Any lessons? Any lessons? (sighs) What are those lessons that you've learned? You know what? Just in general. The the lessons, the lessons, um, I wish I had really paid attention to the lessons sooner. Um, cause now, I mean, I already, you know, the lessons have been had three kids later, you know, divorce therapy, you know, all these things. Um, those are the lessons, you know, now and continuing, um, with, with my life and, um, relationships going forward, even more so, like I've mentioned this in other podcasts, you know, I've had a lot more, um, self realizations about myself, um, even now in my fifties that that stuff, I don't think you ever stop really learning the lesson of whatever you have endured in your life. And if you're not learning lessons, then something's wrong with you. You're not paying attention to anything. If there's not a lesson to be learned, we all been through something, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and there's always something you can, you can look back and go, you know what? Yeah. Okay. I know what not to do or, or maybe it's a good Yep, that's what I should keep doing, you know. But you should always be evolving and learning at all times, forever, <laughs> you know. So my lessons are quite a few, like I just mentioned. My dad, my dad started that. <laughs> Ashley, any lessons you learned from your father? Uh, what not to do <laughs> as a parent? Anything that I've ever learned about being a mother came from my mother uh-huh. and my grandmother. I've never learned about anything about being a parent coming from my dad, other than giving my kids love and affection. Because my dad has very always been very good about that. But again, without the consistency, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. So my babies, all three of them, they know I love them. They know mom's here. And I'm always the first they go to. They don't go to dad. <laughs> they come to me, even though he is there, you know. So I think if anything I took from my dad was was exactly what not to do as a parent. What things do you feel he should have done differently as a father? Santana. He should have been consistently in my life from the gate, divorce or not. I, I'm not going to give my dad excuses right now, but um, knowing what I know now about the way that my father was raised by his father, 
And his mother, like my dad, never learned how to love, how to be there for your child. His, his father was not like that at all either. His dad was not like that. Um, so his father didn't teach him anything. My, I mean, the things that he did teach my dad were not good things. You know, being a male chauvinist and, and um, you know, sex and women. I mean, that's really it. That's all he taught my dad. He did not teach him how to be a good father. So, you know, going forward, I mean, now my dad can look back and he has said things, you know, he wished he had done differently and he's very uh, regretful for not being there. But I, I can't even, you know, if you don't know, sometimes, you know, if you don't know better, you don't do better. And that's why I said, I think it's important for people as you, as you grow, as you evolve in life, that you you reflect back on things and, and pay attention. Don't repeat. You have to change that, as they say, those generational curses, right? I've always told my children Mm -hmm. to be better than me because I struggled. Being a single parent is not fun. And, um, you know, we can, we can joke around and laugh about some things (laughs) that I had to do and say to my kids you know, and at the time, I mean, it is what it is, but like, <laughs> my son will laugh and she'll laugh at some of the stuff, but you know, I had, I had to budget and all kinds of, all kinds of things I had to do and say, but, um, lots of will sees. Yeah. A lot, a lot of will sees. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I hear other people say, Oh my God, I remember when my mom said, we'll see. And that meant no. Mm-hmm. And my <laughs> kids will say, Oh, we already knew as soon as you said, we'll see, we're not getting it. But you never broke a promise because you didn't make one you couldn't keep. Thank you. That part, I never did. But yeah, my my yeah, the lessons. Mm-hmm. Ashley, <sighs> what things do you feel that he should have done differently as a father? Um, you know what? I mean, I, I I go back to consistency because it just makes such a big difference, man. I I'm in my man's ear twenty four seven. Like, listen, if you are not working. You're coming with me in the morning to take the girls to school. You're coming with me to pick them up. And I'll tell you right now, my youngest counts on it. She loves when dad goes with us. It's because it, he's there. He's present. Um, But yeah, you know, my dad just. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he just is very. Uh, and even now. He, uh, he makes a lot of promises to me that he doesn't keep. And that's, I think that's one thing that I just really valued with my mother. She just, she never did that to us. Don't tell me something. Don't be, you need to be like my grandmother says, be a man of your word. It's very important. And so, you know, men that I was with never kept their word to me. Same as my father. Mm. So it goes back to that consistent consistency in your kids' lives. No matter what you have to be there and show up for them because they notice these things. Whether you're there with presents and flowers, that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense or it doesn't make any difference. If you're there, just being there makes all the difference in the world. And I notice that with my kids. Mm-hmm. I just do. And so when when you know my man is around, they know it and they love it. And they're just so happy that dad's there. And that's that is just so important. Yeah, we've talked about a little bit about this before. Even <clears throat> even though a man is present in the house does not necessarily mean that that house would be harmonious. Mm, true. Mm-hmm. He has to be active, present, yep. and consistent. He can't be negative. 
He can't be negative. I've, I mean, I've seen households where the father's an alcoholic, but he's there. He goes to work every day. He comes home, but then he's a terror in the house. That's that's where the nurturing part has to come in, mm-hmm. especially with girls. Boys, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Boys need to feel that, too, from their dads, you know, that you're there for them. And, hey, you're you're on their team and you're there cheering them on. Mm-hmm. It, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. You know, just to hear you say it and, and actually be there. You know, if it's a, a football game they're playing football in or whatever it is, I think that um, kids look for that. And uh, trying to squeeze that all in as a single parent is really hard to do when you're at work mm-hmm. and kids are getting awards at school and anything like that. It doesn't even matter. It could be just perfect attendance award. <laughs> Dad's here. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important. What's your biggest challenge as a mother, Ashley? Oh. <laughs> just as a mom. Just as a mom, gosh, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, since having my, my second daughter, I've been a stay at home mom. So it's something that I've always wanted from my mom, but because of her being a single parent, she wasn't able to do that. And, you know, you don't understand these things until you get older. I don't, you know, I think in the beginning when I had my daughter um, and I was a single mom at the time, one of the, my challenges was just knowing what to do. You know, kids don't come with instructions. Nobody knows what they're doing as a parent. You, you learn as you go. So I think that the biggest thing that was in my head was that I just didn't want to show my daughter the same things that I was shown. I wanted to show my kids a healthy relationship, a happy home, a, a two-parent home, because that's what I always wanted. Not to say that me and my partner, we're not perfect. We're far from it. But you know what? My kids, they have heard us have arguments. And then a little while later, they hear me and dad laughing and joking again, and everything's fine. My daughter, now she's 10, and, you know, I tell her all the time, like, you know, it's, I know you hear me and dad argue, but you hear me and dad being okay later, too. Like, you know, it's it's okay. That's a healthy part. And I, I just want to make sure that my daughters are shown healthy relationships, because it's very, very important for them not to go through the same things that I went through, that my mom went through, and to make better choices. I mean, just like my mom said, she's always told us, be better, do better. So I wanted my mom to be there all the time. So guess what? I'm there for my kids all the time when I can be. Awards, I'm there. You know, field trips, I try my best. I'm there. Because my mom couldn't. She had no choice. So yeah, as, as a mom, my biggest challenge is just to make sure that my girls witness a healthy, happy home and life with their dad present. And that's what I want for them. Can a daughter survive, flourish, grow without a father? Yes. I believe a lot has to do with um, the mother, which when you listen to Santana, you listen to her daughter and you listen to how she is different in her in her house that came from her, her mom. She saw that and she keeps going back to it. It's the same thing. I think that um, a lot of it has to do with the mom, I, I, the mom's character and how she displays that daily. Like Santana said, she never spoke bad about their dad. She never did that. Now, she's got to internalize it and feel all that. But a mom that cares about the welfare of their kids down the road is going to have to sacrifice that feeling and do the right thing for their child so that they can then have a productive and healthy life as well. It's a difficult situation I mean, I just, my mom raised us. 
She raised me from the time I was born. My dad took off for three months. She took care of me. I mean, she did all that. She fought for me. She went to school to fight for me. She, you know, she she couldn't be there on certain things. So I understand how Ashley feel. She couldn't, she didn't drive because of accident. So she couldn't get to my games. My mom only came to one game and that she could come to. It was my senior year. She didn't come to my games in college. She just couldn't. But I understood the sacrifice that she made. But see, when you see the sacrifice and you understand it and you know that they're the only ones there sacrificing, you feel a little bit better about the fact that, oh, okay, I did have a parent that loved me. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I, I've seen a lot of mothers do it. But then I've also seen it, the other side of it in my family, where my aunts that I don't think gave that full attention. Thus, it reflected in their daughters having to go through things that they shouldn't have probably went through. And I've seen a lot of mothers that have been single mothers of students of mine that are constantly calling me, making sure that kid is doing what they need to do. You'll see them at the school and they're following up with what's going on. Then I see the flip side of it. The parent that waste until their child and had 18, 19 incidents and then come up to the school and blame the school for something that they had troll of. Mm. And so I've seen both sides of it. The ones where the parents were there, the mom was there, the mom that was paying attention. And, and I'm talking about some single moms that I know of that had three kids, one at the elementary, one at the junior high, one at the high school, and they're putting in the work. That means they're not going to do everything right, but their kid knew they were present and were working full time. So that means that they took a day off. They were going to whichever child needed to have that, that mother there at that school. They were there showing that healthy relationship is important and being there. Ashley, can a daughter survive without a father? Absolutely. You know, you're going to struggle depending on how your mother is. But because I come from a long line of strong, <laughs> independent, single mothers, I have witnessed it my whole life. So I absolutely can. My grandmother is a prime example of that. All three of her kids by herself completely. And my grandma is probably one of the most hardworking people I know. She continues to do for us and we're all grown. That lady is just, I mean, I can never give that woman enough credit. But because of her teaching my mother and my mother teaching me, I mean, not to say that I don't have, I'm without any, any faults or any kind of trauma because I have a lot, <laughs> but yeah, I'm okay. You know, my dad, he's not around and it upsets me, but I'm okay. My kids are taken care of. They're loved. They have millions of people around them that love them. And it, in all honesty, I mean, at this point, because I am in my late thirties, it, it's not my loss. It's his, he's missing out on all this stuff, not me. So yeah, I absolutely think you can. Santana? Bam, here I am. <laughs> Flourished. Okay, period. Yeah, no, I think that, um, you know, it's it's hard. It's, it's, it is very hard. It was very hard for me. But um, you know what? I, I did it. My, my kids are good people. And, um, you know, I can't ask for more than that. They're, they're good people, all three of them. You know, they're handling their business. They're working, they're taking care of kids and everything that I need. They're not in jail. 
They're not out on the streets. They're not drug addicts. Oh, my brother could have totally went that oh, way no. without my dad. I was, I was very worried about my son because, you know what? I'm not a man. You can't. It's hard to teach a, a boy to be a man if you're not a man, right? So I always knew that um, as he grew up. I just tried to make sure that, you know, I was on top of things with him because I was very, very concerned that he would turn to gangs or who knows what going through school and and all that kind of stuff. So I, when he was uh, becoming a teenager, that's when I changed job positions so that I could be at home in the evenings and weekends and, you know, be a normal nine to five person because I had a crazy schedule prior to that. Um, And, you know, and then Ashley was going through her stuff too as a teenager. So my kids are spread out in age. Um, but that was, that was, it. you know, looking back, I'm like, man, thank God I had, the, <laughs> I had the spread to go in between each one of them at different points. She's a teenager. He's still, he's getting to that place cause he's five years younger. And then, uh, my youngest one is seven years younger than my middle. So they all came in different increments, which helped me tre- tremendously. Not everybody. Yeah. Not everybody does that. And I get it, but you know, most definitely I feel like if you, uh, really concentrate and think about what you're doing and what's going on. And, you know, the, yeah, there's a lot of sacrificing and things of that nature as a single parent, but you can most definitely still flourish. You can still do it. My dad wasn't around, like I said, the formative years and, and all of that. My dad was not present and I went through a lot, but here I am. Kids are good. Ashley, she's a great mom. I don't worry about anything with my grand, with my grandkids. Cause I know that she's got them. I know. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my kids. There is no substitute for time and much credit is given to the women and the mothers who raise our daughters in our absence. Got to give them credit for that. A daughter needs her father to be her hero. A daughter needs her hero to be consistent. She needs them to show up and be present during the good times. The bad times and the times of uncertainty. A daughter needs her hero to make her feel loved, wanted, and important in his life. A daughter needs her hero's love, her hero's attention, his adoration, and his admiration. She needs her hero to be her confidant, in her corner, to advise, lead, support, cheerlead, teach, mentor, and protect. There is no substitute for time, quality time spent with your daughter. Quality time, no substitute for that. Here is Santana with today's words of wisdom. Okay, so these are just seven things that every daughter needs to hear from her dad. I love you. You are beautiful. You are a wonderful person. I really like spending time with you. I'm there for you, I will protect you, and I will provide for you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate your thoughts and feedback. For any comments or questions, you can reach out to us at walkingwithpurposepodcast at gmail.com. We've been doing this podcast for a year. Crazy. I I didn't think it was going to last this long. (laughs) So fast, too. Yeah, November 1st was our first podcast. Wow. Wow. And I am overjoyed and overwhelmed and ecstatic about the work that we've done. Mm -hmm. And all the support, like, you know, friends and 
and family that listen. Yeah. And um, and other people that aren't <laughs> just they listen to it though. Yeah. So I appreciate that. You know, everybody has an opinion, and that's fine. Yeah. I don't have an issue with you sharing your opinion. Email us, just, you know, so we can talk about it. Year number two. We'll be starting here. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Here very soon. <laughs> right it right to the wheels fall off. <laughs> want to appreciate you, Ashley, for coming and contributing. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, it was it was great to hear your perspective as, as a daughter. I hope um, I didn't make anybody feel bad. No, no, no Girl, please. <laughs> no, you know no, I don't feel bad. <laughs> but self-reflection is a very good thing towards growth. True that. If you won't stand with me. If you won't go with me, I'm gonna go all by myself. If you won't fight with me, if you don't believe.